Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Selena Laura with VHHA, and today we're excited to be joined by Dr. Martin Heher, an anesthesiology resident at UVA Health. He joins us for a conversation about his career, participating in the U.S. Olympic trials as a long-distance runner and more. But first, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We're recording this episode in late January, just days away from the February 3rd U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials in Orlando, Florida. The trials are races in which 80 male and 80 female runners are vying for up to three spots each to participate in Olympic Games this summer in Paris, France. You've been running since your middle school days and have the distinction of owning the seventh fastest marathon time in U.S. history. From what I gather, the format for Olympic qualifying is a bit different this time. As you approach a 2-plus-hour, 26.2-mile qualifying race, what is your pre-race routine and mindset going in? That's a good question. I've run a few of these marathons now, so I would say I've got it pretty dialed in. So what's nice is you, you train really hard for a few months leading up to the race, and then the last week or so going into it, you're really like, take it easy, cut down the miles, and it's all about just feeling good. So what's nice is like I'm I'm running a lot less than I was the last couple months and then it's just kind of doing all the all the the uh easy things right like trying to get some good sleep eat some good food and uh get your body feeling good honestly it's a task in trying to keep your mind busy because you're so used to kind of like going to work going to run going to train back and forth family now that there's like less to do it's almost like you got to work on just staying calm cool and collected Healthcare's constant complexities and distractions can make it difficult to focus on medicine. Covaris can help. Covaris offers medical liability insurance, value-based care risk protection, employer stop-loss insurance, and so much more. You can count on Covaris for protection and services that help you stay free to focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Find out all that Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries. You discovered a passion for running in middle school and ran competitively in college at Syracuse University, earning academic All-American honors as a conference champion runner. Post-college, you've run professionally and previously sought an Olympic bid. Your current training regimen consists of 100 miles of weekly running. So how do you balance your athletic pursuits with your role as a father of three and family man and your work as a third-year anesthesiology resident physician at UVA Health? It's not easy. I would say a big secret to the formula is waking up very early. So I would say a big part of it is just waking up at 4 a.m. and getting in my training. You know, that's the only time of the day when I know there's I won't be interrupted. Everyone's sleeping. Work hasn't started yet. So that's an easy way to get done what I need to get done on the running side of things. And that way I, I can still kind of, as I'm heading into work, I can say hi to my wife and kids as they're waking up. 
And then, you know, then it's, it's really just a normal work day at the hospital. It's always nice kind of having the peace of mind and knowing that the, the training is done. So, I mean, the physical training, I should say. Um, that way I can just focus on, you know, being a doctor, being a resident at, at the hospital and continue to learn and kind of hone my craft and skills as an anesthesiologist. And then it's getting home. And then it's just like everyone, right? You, you get home after work and it's family time. I really prioritize that time to not go disappear for more running or do anything like that. You know, it's, I like to hang out with the kids and my wife before the old bedtime routine starts. And, and then we do it all again. So we mentioned that you've been running and training consistently for a few decades now. It is well documented that running as a form of physical exercise can have many health benefits, including improved cardiovascular health, muscle and bone strength, reduced risk of early death, improved sleep, cognitive health, and emotional well-being. Yet it can also be taxing on the body and can cause long-term orthopedic issues including stress and damage to the knees and hips. Like life, it's a balance, and it prompts this philosophical question. What lessons has running taught you, perhaps about things like commitment, fortitude, and endurance that you apply to everyday life? Oh, that's a great question. I think I've learned a ton from the sport of running and just the physical act of running itself because I think most people would agree running is not easy, right? It's something you really need to overcome that first mental barrier of like, oh, I got to get out the door and start running. So I think right off the bat, if you, you know, if you become a runner, your willpower, I think, has already put you a notch above most folks because you can kind of get your body and get yourself out the door. And then what's great about running is it's very much an activity in a sport where the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. It's a, it's, it's a lot more black and white than other things in life. You train hard, you run fast in practice, you know, you go and you run a race or, you know, your gold race and you run a time, right? And that time is black and white. It's really fun to see the hard work that you do the weeks and months leading up to a race and then going and running your fastest time in the 5K or the half marathon or the marathon, whatever it is. And I think even though it's a pretty simple tenant, just that, Hard work does pay off, right? I know it's pretty cliche, but I think running is a kind of the quintessential example. I gather that you've participated in Olympic trials in the past. Have you participated in any high-profile marathons like those in New York or Boston? And are there races still on your bucket list? So I did. I've run a few different marathons now. To answer your question, I did run. I'm from New York originally, about an hour outside New York City. So I did run the New York City Marathon last fall, or I should say like a year and a few months ago. So not this past edition, but the 2022 edition of the race. And that was absolutely something I've always wanted to do, being kind of like my hometown marathon, right? And that's one of the biggest in the world. And it was great. I mean, it happened to be a hot year, kind of unseasonably hot, one of the hottest marathons, or, you know, hottest temperatures the marathon had seen. So I didn't actually run that well. I was uh, ill-prepared for the heat. But running through the five boroughs was pretty amazing, and I had a ton of family there out there cheering and supporting. So it was, even though the, the result wasn't great, the experience was. I think there's a six world marathon majors. Three of them are in the U.S. And then there's a few more kind of around the world. I think it would be cool to kind of cross those off, you know, travel around. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a serial marathoner quite yet. I guess I've done four at this point. But, um, you know, I'm sure as I transition to less competitive and more recreational, I'll... Uh, I'll be more excited to run maybe more than just one a year or something like that. So we'll see. 
And I imagine running a marathon is a solitary and grueling experience. For non-marathoners out there, how would you describe the highs and lows physically and mentally of that process? Yeah, it's very unique in that the marathon usually, it feels pretty good for usually a good amount of the race, right? Usually you can make it to halfway, you're feeling pretty good. I mean, you trained to run 26 miles, so running 13 miles isn't much of a big deal. I guess supposing that you trained okay. Maybe if the training was uh, a little less than ideal, you're you're already hurting by halfway. But my point still stands. It's an act of staying real calm and just feeling good and reserved and pacing yourself for the first 13, 14, 15 miles. And then things start to get uncomfortable. And that's kind of where you really have to find yourself. And like you said, it's just you, your body, and your mind. It's a very cerebral activity. So it's kind of just staying on top of your kind of concerns and fighting back and with your brain kind of telling you, oh, slow down, slow down, or stop. And you got to just keep on pressing up against that. And I mean, for me, in, in my experience, it kind of just generally gets harder and harder as you get closer and closer to the finish line. But then at some point, with whether it's a mile to go, two or three miles to go, once that finish line starts to become a reality, I think that's when things open back up again. I think the brain stops fighting as hard against you. And, uh, you, you know, for, for me, I, that's when I just kind of grind as, as hard as I can to get to the finish line. And you always know when you finish, it doesn't really matter what, what the time is. You're going to be happy. <laughs> you're going to be very, very happy to be done. And you've shared your passion for running with us. What about medicine? What attracted you to clinical work and what do you find rewarding about it? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't grow up in a family of, of doctors per se, but more a family of nurses. My mom's a nurse, all my aunts are nurses, my sisters, my wife. And I think just having had that medical influence, at least from a young age, definitely that combined with just being having an inkling towards I really enjoyed science as a kid. I really just kind of latched on to, I think I'll be a doctor. Not really. I mean, when I was young, it wasn't really for any reason. I just thought it would be a cool, fun job to do. And then as I kind of pursued that path and gotten to where I am today, it's just become everything that I wanted it to be, especially, I mean, obviously in medicine, there are a million and one different paths and specialties and trajectories that people can take. And for me, anesthesiology has been a perfect match. I, I really enjoy taking care of patients in the operating room. I really enjoy kind of getting them through this very kind of, it's a short, in the grand scheme of things, a short period of their lives, but also one that has a lot of emotions, a lot of stress, the potential, right, for a lot of pain. And, you know, being the one to reassure patients before we head back and to basically keep them asleep, comfortable, and more importantly, wake them up comfortable and feeling as good as I can after a very stressful procedure. I just really relish that relationship and that opportunity. And, you know, as I've, I'm a third year resident now, I've got a year and a half-ish left of residency. I'm just trying to get better and better at what I do so that I can just keep on doing this my whole life. I'm very excited to just keep on taking care of patients and, and getting better at making them comfortable in a in a hard time of their lives. 
And thank you so much again for being with us today. Before we let you go, we do have a tradition on the Patients Come First podcast to ask our guests a pair of fun personal questions. To keep things interesting, we have a list of 10 mystery questions. So please choose two numbers between 1 and 10, and I'll ask you the corresponding questions. All right. Well, number four is my favorite number. Uh, Great. Number four. Which, if any of the following things, do you consider most plausible? Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, or UFOs and aliens? If none of those apply, but you believe in something else along those lines, please share it. Uh, I would say not, not much of a conspiracy theorist. That's my answer. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you. And do you want to pick another number? Uh, eight. Number eight. Tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile. Let's see. I really... So I've got three beautiful daughters. I mean, now they're five, three, and one. But I do remember one of the first times we took our oldest, when she was only really like a year old, uh, to the beach. You know, we were really excited to, to just to, you know, go to the beach over the summer. We had our, our, our first baby. And we get there. We're setting up. We put the baby down. And it's great, I guess, for the 10 minutes of setting up. And the first thing she does is grab a handful of sand and just throw it in her mouth. <laughs> and I literally, and like, the crying, I was just appalled. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is never going to come out. Like, you know, she's going to be like crying for, yeah. It, in the moment, I was super annoyed, stressed, and concerned. But for some reason, it's, it's something that always makes me laugh. Because, like, what else would you, I mean, in hindsight, of course, you're going to put a baby down at the beach for the first time. They're going to, they're not going to know you're not supposed to eat sand. So, it, I don't know. It just makes me laugh every time I think of it. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> and that will bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guests for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.